All right, everybody. Welcome back to In the Doghouse, the official podcast of Underdogs. I think, Justin, last time when we did our first episode, we didn't have a name yet. So it's exciting just to be able to call it something this time. In the Doghouse, I am currently in the sick house. So, yes. There you go. It's wonderful. Yeah. Which is a a positive switch from the doghouse you're usually in. (laughs) That's true. That's definitely true. Got my tea, my trusty tea. We're ready to go. There we go. And we're super excited to be joined today by Alex Kazan and Kyra Milligan, obviously two of our in-house athletes here in Vegas. We're going to talk a little bit about the competition they just did this weekend. Uh, But before we jump into that, uh, just a couple updates on kind of what's going on with Underdogs, what we're doing right now. You know, as far as our training programs go, we're in the middle of a 16-week off-season cycle. Uh, right next week, I believe is our deload week, depending on when this comes out. And then we'll have a final like seven weeks that ramp up towards Wadapalooza. So for us, you know, obviously the season is a big goal. We look at the open, we look at quarterfinals, we look at semifinals, depending on who we're working with, we're looking towards the games, right? But for a big majority of athletes, the off season is just as valuable as in season is in terms of competition experience, earning opportunities, opportunities to be seen by sponsors. And so we try not to write our training programs solely with the open quarterfinals, semifinals in mind, because we know that that's not necessarily the end game for everybody, right, Justin? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, depending on where people are in their in the world, depending on where they are in their training, depending where they are with competitions. I mean, everything is kind of individual. But yeah, I mean, when we look at it, we've got to make sure that we're taking into account some of the big competitions, Wadapalooza, for instance, and obviously this cycle leads into it. So not everything is revolving around just the CrossFit season alone. Right. So obviously, you know, make no mistake, we try to pull back the reins a little bit, keep people from competing every weekend, but competition experience is a big part of our sport, right? And so within our programs, anybody that's seen it knows that we put a big emphasis on specific strength development, specific skill development, specific aerobic capacity development, but just having these checkpoints, like something like Wadapalooza or another off-season competition gives us an opportunity to really dial in intensity and specificity of, of sport-like workouts a little bit, instead of taking, you know, nine week, nine months where you haven't had an opportunity to test your fitness. So I think that's a great point. And it's actually a, a perfect, uh, just to piggyback off that. I had a conversation last night with Caitlin Van Ziel, one of our athletes in Australia who was talking about, you know, she's been on a team in the last couple of years at the CrossFit games and hasn't done an individual competition in a very long time. And she's got down under championship coming up this upcoming weekend. She's got Wadapalooza coming up in a couple of months. So it's her opportunity on the individual side of things to be able to get a nice baseline, a good barometer of where she is. And then we can take that, assess it and apply it to her training. So it's just that that's a great way for people to, you know, kind of jump into a competition, get a good picture of where they're at, adjust training a little bit and then apply it. So, you know, just piggybacking off what you said. Totally. You know, and I mean, both you, Alex and, and Kyra, the two of you have done a couple off season comps too. You know, you did the Vegas showdown, which was kind of a no brainer because it was in our backyard. You just did Zelos games. And I think, you know, the two of you can speak to it, but from Justin and my perspective, we didn't necessarily peak for either of them, right? We just looked at them as essentially tough training weekends that we trained right through, maybe with a light day or two after the fact, but you know, there wasn't a specific comp prep for those things, was there? No. Yeah. It was like train through maybe a day off after. (laughs) Kyra, what about for you? I know we had conversations about this and sort of the mindset around like, 
being okay with the fact that you're doing a competition that you didn't necessarily prepare for the way maybe other people did at that time. And what you're taking away from it isn't like, am I at my fittest, but more is it's, you know, am I sharpening my skill set? Am I more prepared for these competitions than I may have been in the past? Yeah, I think it was fun just to kind of train through and see where I was at without peeking for it and just treating it like a Metcon, preferably a little bit harder than a Metcon, which we'll get better at. But it was a ton of fun just to do and see where I was at right now versus at my best. For sure. Yeah, it's a it's a, you know, dialed up intensity a little bit from what you do in the gym. Right. Even though we have a a crew that likes to push each other, um, you know, there's something to be said for being out there against people that you don't know that maybe you want to impress a little bit more because you expect something of yourself. Um, Go for it, Justin. What'd you have? No, I was going to just agree with you. I I always think it's good. And I I liked this past weekend, especially, obviously, because it was in our home gym. But just it was, you know, didn't wasn't super stressful. Um, You know, the the whole setup of it it was more like an exhibition feel. uh, And I felt like everybody was enjoying themselves. And, you know, it it didn't seem like a ton of pressure on people. And obviously, we saw a lot of people excel, um, you know, in the snatch workout out with a lot of PRs or close to PRs, high percentages of their one rep maxes. And, and it looked like people were thriving in that environment, which is really nice to see also. Um, so I, I was I was really pleased with with how everything went this last week. And I was it was super cool to have obviously Alex and, and Kai and, and Maddie and Elena, Pete and some of you know some of our athletes there just to be able to again to to get a little more competition experience, but also to just get a, a good barometer of where they're at right now in the season or preseason, I should say say not really even season yet yeah i think it is also good just having like a fun competition to be at where nobody was really peaking for it it was just fun to hang around with all those athletes and just have like a positive experience totally so segueing into the weekend right for those people that didn't know we hosted the zillow's games this weekend which was primarily a virtual competition run by jared grabiel um and what he chose to do with it is almost create like an open announcement feel where we had an in-person activation for the live comp for the virtual competition so you get the virtual the live competition experience things were set up in a way where it was very similar to what people will do for the online competitions you can be a part of it but at the same time for the two of you and for matt and elena and everybody else competing it was an opportunity to kind of get that excitement and that feel of competing on a live floor in some ways, almost in a more intimate and exciting way, because there's only four of you there at the same time. Right. So just kind of thoughts up front, like, you know, what was it like for you guys? I know that's a little bit of a different scenario than you've competed in before. What did you like about it? Was there anything that was weird about it? Do you want to go first, Kai? You can go first. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think like, I'll just start with like the four people heats. That was like, I think more nerve wracking because in bigger heats, you kind of like can kind of just like feel like you're not hidden, but like you're in your own like lane and there's lots of people, but with four, like there's no hiding. Like you see everyone and everyone sees you. And um, that was like kind of like a scary thing. And then also like with only four people at a time, like you don't know what the other girls in other heats are doing. So even if like your heat is crushing it, there's, so many other girls left to compete so I thought it was cool and scary at the same time with four people um but I felt like it was a perfect setup for the gym space like having pizza four it went so smoothly like we weren't really corralled we just got to like warm up and then walk straight onto the field I feel like it worked out really really well I think having pizza four was a lot of fun um just because like Alex said more eyes are on you so it's 
It's just more fun. It's more pressure too. Like every time I wanted to bend down on my knees, I would look over and nobody else was doing it because there's three other girls working instead of ten. Um, but it was also fun because you know that like in every single heat for that final, two girls were either like a little bit further ahead than the other two. And so you don't want to fall back with that one. Like you want to catch up with the other two instead of it being 10 other girls there where you might be in the middle of the pack. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. And I, what I loved about it, you know, aside from, from just, you know, the, the personal feel, you know, because of the small field, but it was also, I mean, it was 12 athletes and, you know, in each side and the majority are, are really a high level athletes, right? So everybody's pushing each other and you know, you know, you got high, high level semis athletes, you got games athletes. I mean, everybody, everybody there is legit, you know? Um, and so it's fun to watch and it's fun to see, you know, how, where people are thriving and, and, you know, kind of where the hangups came and, you know, there was a lot of drama at the finishes of some things, Alex, <laughs> right. Um, you know, or, or obviously with Roe, like getting to the last thruster and then, and then failing it. And, but I mean, it was just, it was super exciting. And, um, you know, I, I loved it. And I thought that there's, you know, for me kind of extrapolating up upon the competition, it, to me, there seems to be a, a, a a space for that, those type of events, you know, like in the future, um, you know, where you, you'd love to see, uh, some of these exhibition events being put on, you know, around the world, really, um, you know, smaller fields, more intimate settings, you know, sponsors coming out and, and, you know, ideally people having athletes having the opportunity to make some money, et cetera. And I think it was a, a really good test case, uh, for those type of events as we move forward. And I thought Jared did a great job, obviously, Kiefer did a phenomenal job programming. Uh, you guys did a phenomenal job uh, competing, and I did a phenomenal job doing absolutely nothing. So it was it was wonderful. I enjoyed my weekend. <laughs> yeah, you it, screamed, you cheered. I did. It was a great spectator. You uh, you lost your voice per usual. Yeah. Yes, partially because my kids are sick, but yeah, partially because I'm nuts too. So yeah, for yeah, sure. It, it was super cool. It almost had this like backyard brawl, cage match style feel, right? Like it's small. Literally, the floor was like caged in. Like we, you know, I don't know if there were a hundred people there or, or more or less, but like even with a small crowd, it felt like there were a ton of people there. You could hear everything. You could feel what was going on. It's like. I agree. Like if we can get brands or sponsors or people on board with supporting this sort of thing, I think there's like a real opportunity for a circuit of events like that throughout the year where, you know, it's only four tests, right? So it's not that hard to fit it into your training. It's not something you feel like you need a full deload week after, I don't know, maybe the two of you could say something different about it, but that's kind of the vibe I got is it's like a great opportunity to sharpen your, sharpen your sword. It's an opportunity for maybe returning athletes, like somebody like Ethan Helbig, who's just coming back after a year or two off Tola, who's done mostly team competitions up and coming athletes, like, you know, Tudor who came out and had an amazing performance, James, who did really well, people that were excited to see, um, that might not otherwise have that opportunity until the season comes along. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I you know, I, I do think there is a, a market for it. And it, what I'd love to see is, I, you know, is kind of these regional events, the way we had one in Vegas, you'd love to see it in California, you'd love to see it in Texas, you'd love to see it in, I mean, Utah, obviously, in Florida, and, and, you know, the Northeast, etc. And I feel like there could be that circuit. And, and, you know, for our athletes, obviously, I mean, it's easy in Vegas, but, you know, I, I feel like you could have it 
in in an area in the in the southwest you know you could have several of them throughout the year and and you know they could pick up and go and it and it wouldn't affect training too much with which i think is lovely um you know in comparison to some of these big name events where you go and it affects two to three weeks of training every time you do it for sure all right so giving the two of you an opportunity to talk more because this is why we're here really um and i'll start with you first kyra but you know is your mindset different going into an off-season competition than going into something like a semifinal that's been kind of the big thing on your calendar for the last couple of years and and how is it different yeah um this weekend it was all just about having fun like in the past i've had not so great like mindset going into things so this comp i just wanted to leave before like just happy with whatever i did in the back having fun um obviously there's nothing other than money on the line for this competition versus like when you're at semis like your game tickets on the line so that's just that's a lot harder to like wrap your head around and like go out on the floor but this one i just i had a ton of fun mm-hmm. hung out with a lot of girls met amazing competitors and i think it would be cool to do it more often just kind of see where i was at for sure and i think for you too you know ever since semis we've really as a team been digging in deep on making sure that you're building your foundation back building your engine working on some of these weaknesses so maybe an opportunity sure. too where, where you get to see like okay how am i coming along in these areas while at the same time accepting that maybe you're not as sharp or as peaked in other areas that you may have felt good in the past but they're just not the focus right now for the big perspective yeah like 300 foot of handstand walks so i went through it without breaking like falling in the middle so that was great for me um, yeah. yeah 50 toes bar great for me um just gotta work on the other things that i'm not good at but got a couple more more couple more months left so i'm excited for sure those are the things that stuck out for me you know obviously people may know they may not know but less than a year ago you were stuck out on the floor in the middle of a handstand walk event (laughs) struggling to get through a section right and in this workout the first thing that i did on the back half of that 150 foot handstand walk was turn to justin and be like those look amazing yeah faster than they usually were they were more confident than they usually were so like those are the huge wins you can take out of this thing is it's it's not where is like my complete package of fitness it's like am i shoring up some of these holes and knowing Mm -hmm. that like when it comes time i'm going to bring all that stuff back up but if i don't clean this up it doesn't matter right and kai and i had that talk right after that event was over where, you know, we, where I was like, listen, you know, you're, you're still thinking about yourself the way you were six months ago. Like you're still cautious and you did that and it was, and it looked easy, you know, it's it's, right. So that's great. But that, that right there is, is great information to take moving forward because now, you know, Hey, where I feel like I had to rest, you know, every 25 foot section, I have to rest 10 seconds, 15 seconds. Well, now you cut that down another five seconds, you cut it down and you just continue to go to where now you're just getting and turning around and you're not even having to worry about it. And to see that improvement there, you know, it obviously, I know it made you feel good. It makes us feel good. And, you know, but those are the type of wins you take from these type of weekends, which I, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. I actually just rewatched that event right before this too. And looking at how easy it was, I was like, yeah, I didn't just crouch down and take a second. The toes bark. Yes. I definitely needed a second after those devil's press, but the Hanson walk, I was like, yeah, this looks a lot easier. So just seeing that and like, and knowing that I don't need to just stop and take 10 seconds anymore, I think it's really cool. Just a, Especially after that workout. No, just, just a little plug for athletes <laughs> filming more of what they do in training because we can only say so much to you about that looked easier than you thought. You didn't need that rest. But when you see it, sometimes you're like, oh, that yeah. took too long. Yeah. You know, Alex, yeah. I know that's something you've worked on a, b- a bunch in the past. But same thing for you. Like, yeah. uh, you know, 
how is your mindset different going into an off-season competition like mm-hmm. that and taking it a step further like what were the big takeaways for you from this one specifically yeah i mean i agree like it definitely was like a lot more like of a fun competition but i think for myself like i was probably more nervous than other off-season competitions just because like you said there were high caliber athletes and like the competitiveness of like you want to do well like so just like how am I going to stack up against like people like Nistler or there's just like some wild cards there um but also there's nothing on the line so you can take risks and like nothing's gonna like you're not gonna lose anything if you take a risk and something happens or um and I feel like we did a lot of that like going for a heavier snatch or taking a risk on the handstand walk like things I normally wouldn't do especially like being more conservative all the time <laughs> yeah, but I, this is a great opportunity for you to break out of that shell a little yeah, bit, you know, and, totally. you know, one of the things we've talked about with, with you is, is, you know, is not overpacing, right. Or, or is not being as cautious. And so the, mm-hmm. these types of events give you that opportunity to be able to be a little bit more aggressive in, in spots. Um, totally. and you know, and you could see it, you know, you could see it in that final event where you basically went to failure on the last handstand walk, but you know, you, you won the challenge, you won the workout and it was worth it. And even if you hadn't gotten it, I still think it was worth it because, yeah. you know, again, it's, 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 just a matter of being able to put yourself in those situations because it, the more you can put yourself in those situations, the more you're going to be successful. Um, so, you know, for both of you, I thought there was, there was huge value to the weekend. Um, totally. and, and for us as coaches, it, there's huge value to be able to be able to watch. And then I also think it's interesting for us as coaches to be able to, to, to also view other athletes, um, to be, to be able to watch other athletes, to see the way that they approach things. Right. Um, as a coach, you're always learning and you, you know, you may think you know everything and 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 honestly that's that's absurd right you're constantly learning and when you watch the the way that other athletes approach things or the way the other coaches are telling athletes to approach things these are these are all great opportunities for us to continue to grow and learn as coaches as athletes um and and the fact that it was you know in our own gym and and we didn't have to fly somewhere was was really really nice you know? oh, it was so, so nice yes go sleep in your own bed after each yeah. day. Well, hopefully sundays will be out here right please that would be nice <laughs> when will we find that find out about that again uh, apparently the rule book came out today so i saw some notes from it yeah now we're yeah. dating the episode but you guys haven't looked at it yet i'm surprised i did i read it oh, there you go <laughs> yeah a, to- a topic for another day <laughs> yeah there you go um alex for you do you feel like there was a workout where you like you surprised yourself in particular yeah, the snatch and the last one. Okay, talk to it a little uh, bit. Okay, uh, with the snatch, I hit 185 one time last year, like before the games, or I guess this year before the games. And it was kind of just like, okay, that happened one time. And like snatches are always, I feel like, hit or miss. And just to kind of feel like all the consistency, like after the games, like leading up to Zalos in training, um, to not feel scared of snatches anymore. Like they feel consistent and like, 190 didn't feel like it was a fluke. Like I understood why I made the lift. It wasn't just like pull and pray um, like they used to feel in the past. And um, the last event for me was really big, like 50 chest to bar, 50 toes to bar. I feel like would have stopped me dead in my tracks a year ago. And so to be able to like win a workout with a lot of things that I used to struggle with was a big mental win for me. And, you know, I, it was huge, I think, 
for for us as coaches too, you know, to 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 know that we're on the right track, you know, and and that the stuff that we've been giving you and and the instruction on on statues and and the volume, obviously, you know, you've been doing a ton of chest to bar volume and a ton of toe to bar volume, and you know, is it is it a strength per se? I, I I wouldn't necessarily call it that, but what I would say is that you are becoming more and more proficient. You know, um, you you are it's getting to the point where now a workout like that will come out and it's no longer, Oh shit, I really have to worry about that. It's now, Mm -hmm. okay, fine. You know, how do I navigate my way through this? And I can still compete against some of the best athletes and win a workout with those movements in them. So, you know, that, that was awesome. And I think it was, you know, it should be kind of that light bulb for you that goes off that says, wow, you know, like I don't have to be as cautious. I don't have to be as worrisome. It, it shouldn't create as much stress um, yeah. when you see that. Uh, and for both of you, like the last few events with snatches, right? You both have been been really consistent um, at Vegas Showdown and, and also here where you're hitting you know, in complexes or in singles, very high percentages of maxes under, under stress in ladders, you know, that type of stuff, which, which is great to know you can dial that up when you need it. Now, does that mean that we don't want to add another 10 to 15 pounds to the, to the top end? Of course not, but it's really nice to know like where before, you know, you were worried about, oh, you know, I I could miss a 165. I could miss a 175. And now it's, you know, I feel really confident 180 plus, you know, and soon it's going to be, I feel, feel really confident 190 plus, et cetera. So, um, I I think that's great. Christine Cole and Brander shrank. Well, like last year at TFX, keep her nose because he was there front and center. I missed the 155 snatch and I think it was what, 10 reps. And I missed it like 20 times and got capped there. Yeah. And so now just to be able to go through that ladder and not miss anything up to 170, that was great. Ooh. This was uh, pre, pre-underdogs, but at West Coast, I didn't clear the 145 snatch bar. Jeez. It, it is, it's crazy to look back and see how far you've come, right? And that's, that's where perspective is so important because it's really easy and even more so in a field that's this small, right? And even more so in a new scoring system like the Z-scoring where like one mistake on a workout like that could actually drop you back way more than you're used to seeing. Uh, to be able to look at, like put things in perspective and say like, okay, it's okay if you're not where you want to be at in the snatch. It's okay if you're not where you want to be at aerobically, wherever those things are. But to be able to appreciate like, I've made this much progress already. I know I'm on the path. I'm not there yet, but that's okay. I think is really important. It's just kind of like staying invested in the process instead of being so concerned with your outcome as opposed or in relation to somebody else's. And and Kyra, first of all, you made it through 180 without any misses today or this weekend. Okay. And that's, that's what correct. I was going to say is like that 180, which is five pounds under your max, was the cleanest 90% or more that you've had, I think, in the last three to six months, right? So, well, I'm hitting 180 consistently. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's what it takes, you know, finding a new max is tough, right? But being able to get that close to that barrier and feel confident with it just means that it's there. We're knocking on the door. It's just not quite there yet, right? Yeah. Like you missed 187 a couple times, which would have been a PR. That's okay. Like we'll go back to the drawing board, spend a ton of time at 170 to 180. And the next time you build back up, you're going to smash it and you'll laugh about the time that you missed it. And that's just kind of what the whole process is about. Agreed. All right. So Kyra, different question for you, since we already talked about the handstand walks and how you kind of surprised yourself with how good those felt. Uh, what was your biggest learning moment from the weekend? And that could be positive learning. That could be maybe a, a downfall learning moment. 
Uh, probably after the final. Like, I need to learn how to take chances, and like everybody coming up coming up to me and telling me that, I was like, okay. Like, I've I did way better in practice when I tested all of these, and so I want to be able to like take take those chances. Um, so not really a learning moment in there, but like to apply for the future. I think that would be mine. What do you feel like? What do you feel like causes that or what do you feel like holds you back from taking more chances or makes it so that, you know, you're better in the gym than when you get on competition floor sometimes? I hate when people stare at me when I work out. So competition. Dude, you better get over that one. <laughs> I know. So, so, so like a bit of competition anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Well, that's good for us to know because those are things that we you know that, that like we can talk about and help like mindset wise, yeah. um, you know, and, and obviously like I get that, you know, as being a performer my whole life, there are times where, you know, you feel like confident and then there are times you go out there and you're like, holy shit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this in front of this person or I'm doing this, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I had that feeling in my singing career, like going out there and you know, there are times where you feel ultra prepared and there were times where you're like, Oh my God, I, I don't know if I can hit that note tonight. I don't feel great. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I totally understand that anxiety. Um, and the, there are ways that we can, can, can help to, to, uh, try to, you know, assuage some of, some of that stress. So, but that's yeah, great. And I think doing a bunch of like off season comps so far has been good. Like Madrid, biggest showdown, even though it's just like a fun little local one doing it with Alex was a ton of fun to try to chase her down. I came so close <laughs> so many of them <laughs> and then obviously Zelos and then Waterpalooza so I think it'll it'll just be good to do more and learn that it's okay but and that's an example of where like two athletes off seasons can look totally different right um you know I know Fraser has talked about this with harder pays off and the difference between Hopper and Mal, but same thing for us. Like some people need to spend time in the gym rebuilding and getting stronger and working on things. And some people, the off season looks like, okay, getting better in competition and getting more competition experience because maybe you have the tools, but you're just not able to apply them. And I think, you know, not that we need to dig too deep into this, but for you, Kyra, like, you know, your first year you made semifinals, you almost surprised yourself, right? And so you go there and you have no expectations and you're having fun and you have a great time and maybe you perform really well. Well, now you've gotten to a point where, you know, more people know who you are. You've made semifinals a couple of times and your expectations change. So you go into something thinking that other people will think differently of you based on how you perform. And that affects the way that you're able to kind of like be free and have fun and do the things that we see you do in training that hasn't lately translated the same way. Yeah, for sure. 100% 100% agree with that. Yeah, it's a good way to describe it. Um, okay, back to the scoring system because we didn't we touched on this a little bit. But we didn't talk a lot about it. I think for two reasons this was really unique. You know, um, one, you only had four people in your heat, right? So there, most of the time, there were two heats after you, and so you you have to push knowing that somebody else's score uh, could beat yours. Secondarily there's an entire virtual competition that you're all a part of inherently, right? And there's more money on the line for that than there is in person. So that's another incentive. But the third thing is this application of the Z-score, which uh, I will only speak broadly on it because I don't understand the intricacies really, but basically it's a, a performance-based scoring system, meaning that like just coming in first and second doesn't mean you get 190 points. If you come in first by a great margin, then you get more points relative to the field than other people. And so it, again, incentivizes you to push harder than you might otherwise. So I guess my question is like, did the two of you understand the scoring system going into it? Did it change anything about the way that you attacked workouts? Um, I don't, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go for it, I, I, just, I don't understand, like you said, the intricacies of it, other than like you said, like 
you get rewarded for doing well and um you kind of just get you get what you get based on what you did whether that was good or bad and i really like that i think like um obviously with four events it's a little harder to like see that over a spectrum of six eight events where there's like more variety but with even the four events like someone like christine kohlenbrenner who did so good on the snatch like she got an extra like 30 40 points from just that event alone and then that was able to like kind of like cushion her through the weekend um which i think is cool because like then you kind of do can earn buffers if you have strong events um for myself like i don't know if it made a big difference either way just based on where like i placed um but i thought it was cool like the last event it was like hey if you do win there is a chance if someone does bad things can get more shuffled because of the system as opposed to the regular one yeah, it almost forces you to keep your head in the game because you really don't know what the outcome is going to be because, you know, yeah. margin of victory makes such a difference. Kyra, what about for you? I don't really think it changed, like, how I went into it. Just I was consistent across the board. Um, but, like, on future ones, I think it would be cool to see if there was, like, like Alex said, with Christine Kohlenbrenner, how her snatch helped her a ton. Like, if I did poorly on, like, the last event, but then there was a max clean, and usually on those, I feel like I'm top five i think it'd be cool to kind of see like where i would have placed with such a strength event like that mm. I don't know. do you kind of see like how it would fluctuate do you feel yeah. like go ahead just i was just gonna say it, it you know the i have mixed feelings about it obviously because yeah. you know you look at someone like christine who um she, did, she didn't do poorly on the other three events, but she just did so incredibly well on the mm-hmm. snatch that it that it was able to basically, you know, co- completely make up for, you know, the 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 other three. Um, now, I would be curious in a larger field, you know, what that would look like as opposed to just uh, 12, you know, mm-hmm. how, yeah. what the Z scoring would look like, um, you know, and, and also with more events. Right. I, I would be curious about it. Um, but, it, you know, it to me, it's 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 obviously interesting. It's a, it's a I think it's something that this is a, a kind of a, a, a perfect venue to 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 do it at. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it was a cool venue to do it. at. I think we can all agree like the, the the people that made the podium, I think if we all look back at the event, we, we would have said those were the three on the men's and women's side who would have made the podium. Now, whether or not they would have fluctuated a little bit, uh, it might have. Like, it, I think with normal scoring, I think Alex probably finishes second and Christine probably finishes third. And I think James Sprague probably finishes second and Tola probably finishes third. But I'm not exactly sure about that. And, you know, obviously the, those, those two, I don't think it's a... a you know, a surprise with a 325 and a 225 pound snatch that with the Z scoring, it helped bump them up a spot. Right. For Um, sure. So it was interesting. And not to take anything away from either of them, because I think Christine, you know, took third in the ring muscle event. Also, Mm -hmm. she was really strong all weekend. Tola obviously did really well, but yes, just, just highlighting how, how impactful it can be to have a strength that's significantly above the field, maybe in certain regards. Uh, I think it like at, at the end of the day, it means that programming, matters more and i don't mean you know programming matters more from the end of the person programming it you have to be taking these things into consideration if you have a test for a weekend and it's four to six events and one of them is just a 5k run 
Like you have to, you have to understand that like if somebody comes into that event, that's a marathon runner against a bunch of CrossFitters, like they could be very relevant in a competition that they otherwise have no business being relevant in because they're just so much better at that one skill than everybody else. I think even adding more onto that is specification, right? Right. Specialists, someone who is like a phenomenal CrossFitter, but who's a generalist would suffer with Z scoring, Um, you know, because they're not necessarily going to have those outlier events that they can, that they can can just smash the field. Um, so I think it is, it is a little bit, it is interesting because when you look at CrossFit, right, it is the one sport that kind of champions being a jack of all trades and not a king at one. Mm-hmm. But with Z scoring, it helps to be a, a king at one at a few things. Yeah. Um, even if you're, you know, but, but it would also crush you if you're really, really bad at something and finish way behind. Right. So, you know, but having home runs, I think really helps with the Z scoring. And I think, you yeah. know, I think it's super valuable that we do these events. It's super valuable that people put it into practice. I know they use it at Crash Crucible as well because there are certain scenarios that you cannot play out unless you actually see it happen. And you have to have that moment be like, oh, that's that's what happens when we use this like that. And you know, maybe there are considerations they make where they use these scoring, but they account for outliers outside of the realm of the norm, right? And this is not my information. Alexis Johnson was talking about this. She's much better at math than me, but she's very I think smart. That, I think that there is I think that there is certainly an application for it. That makes sense, but we're not there yet necessarily. Agreed. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about things that surprised you over the weekend. We talked about learning moments. Um, as kind of like a takeaway from the weekend, like, you know, both of you got back to training today. What was like one thing you could take from the weekend that's got you most fired up to train? Whether it's like, I really want to get better at this movement, or I was really excited about this, or I'm a little fired up because this didn't go well. And it's kind of like lighting my fuse for training now. Is there, is there some sort of big takeaway for you, Alex? Yeah, I don't know. Like I'll just use Nistler as an example. Like even the first event, like the ring muscle ups, like I went and then she went and beat me by one. And it was just like that, like, oh, like, I don't like that feeling. Um, so just like my competitiveness as a whole, like that kind of got me more amped to train. I like it. Good. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, you know, Alex, you've now made it the game once too, right? So whereas before you may have seen yourself on the tier of other semifinals athletes right now, like you're staring in the face of games athletes and being like, no, I don't want you to beat me anymore. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and that's like, that's a next level mindset thing for you. So I think it's good to now go out and this is stuff that Michael Jordan has talked a lot about, about like, he doesn't need somebody to do something wrong to him for him to treat them like an enemy. He's like, he, he was famous for like making up scenarios in his head, making up stories, making up things that somebody said to him. So when he goes on the floor, like he wants to kill them, right? Like that's what he's going after. That's hilarious. And I think that that's a really important point because I think one of the things as a coach that, that I have am continuing to try. Oh, hi dog. There we go. Should we uh, pause for a sec? I think he muted her. We're good. You can keep going. (laughs) Um, One of the things that that I'm trying as a coach with with Alex and, you know, something we've talked about, Alex is the nicest person in the world, right? Um, And But it's trying to, outside, off the competition floor, be the nicest person in the world. Like, that's totally cool. But when you're on the floor, you need to be a killer, right? Um, and and, And there's no better example of that than Carrie, 
you know, and, and Carrie's in our gym, but Carrie is the nicest person in the world. And then three, two, one happens and she's a freaking killer. Right. And, and you see that with a lot of people, a lot of the top games athletes who are super, super nice people. But once, once the, they're on the competition floor and once three, two, one go happens, that's out the window. Um, and, and so I think, you know, being able to experience that in competition, uh, is, is absolutely, you know, it, it is essential. It's not just important. It's essential for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'll tell the story since Kyra had to pop off the screen for a second, but she was just telling me the other day they're doing some workout and it was, it was a long workout. It was a tough workout. And, and like, it's rare that we see Carrie suffering. Right. But she had a pain face on and Kyra said that she went by Carrie and she could see Carrie was suffering a little bit. And Carrie looked up at her and Kyra didn't look like she was hurting as much as Carrie was. And she immediately changed her tune because, (laughs) because you could just tell that it went through her head. She's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to let it look like I'm hurting more than this other person. And that's just kind of like the mental, the mental monster that she was. It's the classic Annie Thor's daughter smile in the middle of the worst workouts in the world. She starts smiling and anyone who thinks that she's smiling for herself. Well, yeah, of course. But what she's smiling is, is essentially it's, it's mental warfare on that other person. that's like dying and then looks over and Annie's just got this big smile on her face and you're like, Oh my God, you know, how can she be smiling right now? And you know, that, that's, that, is without question, you know, uh, an elite athlete who's got elite, you know, mindset, uh, that that's, that's essentially using that against the field, which is, which is great. Frazier, Frazier was the same way, right? Like he would walk off events. Didn't matter how much he might've been hurting on the inside, but he would walk away from it. Everybody else would be rolling around on the floor, like looking for water. And he would just walk around because it's not going to show any weakness to anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Man, I was so excited to ask Kyra, but she's dealing with dog stuff right now. <laughs> Justin, we'll, we'll skip to you. Like, what's your biggest takeaway from the weekend? And this doesn't necessarily have to do with the two of them, but maybe to do with, you know, athletes in the field. Was there something that you're like, hey, dang, like athletes are better at this than I thought. Or, oh, this was a strategy I didn't think would be as successful as it was. Or, or just in general for like our camp going forward. I just, I mean, at this point, I think it's just impressive to see the numbers that, that people can lift. I mean, it still blows my mind to, you know, we got a, a, a weekend local competition and, uh, you know, a, f- a quarter of the men's field snatches over 300 pounds. Uh, you know, a quarter of the women's field is snatching over 200 pounds and, and, you know, with, with one woman snatching 225 pounds, um, it's astonishing to me, you know, I've been in this a long time and, and I remember when snatching 200 pounds for men was, was a big number, you know, and women, you know, that the, the, the top snatch, you know, for women, if they could snatch 135 pounds, it was incredible. And now, you know, what we've seen is essentially over a 10 year period, you're, you're seeing a hundred pounds added on to, to, to those numbers. Uh, and it, it just, you know, it's, it's, it's cool for me to, to see the growth and, and, and how impressive these athletes are. Cause we just take it for granted. Right. Um, but really they can do superhuman things and, it, and it's absolutely amazing to see that. And then their ability to be able to do gymnastics and, you know, their cardiovascular endurance, et cetera. So, you know, that, that was the, the coolest thing for me, you know, especially like, the fact that it was a, a less stressful weekend than, than normal for coaching wise for me um, was, was just nice to be able to watch back and, and, you know, just kind of sit back and really appreciate, um, you know, how amazing these athletes are. For sure. All right, Kyra, 
we're going to give you another chance now with the dogs. But same idea to you. Like, what are you most looking forward to? Or a different way to put it is like, what's the thought in your head going into training right now? Like, what's your new mantra? What do you take away from a competition like this? I want to be able to get like into the dark place a little bit more instead of just stopping when it hurts. Because obviously, like at competitions, when you do that, like then my body's just done from the first event because I'm not used to it. Um, I want to chase down Alex as much as I can. That's good. <laughs> I love it. It used to be like the same on Metcons, and now she's just insane. So I want to be able to chase her down as much as I can. That's good. That's and good. she, just as much as you want to chase her down, she's looking at you saying, there's no fucking way I'm letting you catch me. <laughs> I love it. I so think it's good. good. And I think I, I totally agree that, you know, the conversation we have in this goes into the same thing of like trusting yourself, trusting your fitness, having faith and being willing to take chances. It's not just like taking a chance by making a bigger jump on a lift. It's not just necessarily taking a chance by like kicking up into a handstand walk a little earlier, but it's like, you know, how much can I hurt and trust that I can, can still pick up a barbell and keep moving? Can I burpee yeah. faster? When somebody says like, gives you a countdown, three, two, one, get on the bar. It's not necessarily arbitrary. It's we believe in you more than you do. And now yeah. you can. And like, it was like yesterday when Alexis Johnson was still here, like me and her did a little bit of train, training stuff together. And she, three, two, one, get on the bar, didn't want to. But every single time it was the 15 chest to bar, 15 toes to bar and broken after biking and running. So it's good to like know that I can do that. And doing team stuff with her was a lot of fun because, like, as I was doing it, I was like, oh, at this point, I would have dropped. Like, I would have done 8-7. And I did 15s for the entire 20 minutes just fine. So it was yeah. really cool to see and, like, learn after that I can do that. Well, this has been Justin and my conversation for a while now about, like, athletes using team as an opportunity to improve even if your goal is to be an individual right like yeah. one season it's not how you define your entire career and some people just when you have honest conversations you know that maybe you're more than a year out from being an individual competitor the way you want to be and so you can use that as a way to be like okay this person's holding me accountable i have these training partners built in they're better than me at this thing and that's going to force me to be a little bit better um and it's just such a you know whether that's for a whole season or just a couple sessions it's, it's so valuable I think that's an entire podcast, Kiefer. Let's do I have very, it. very strong feelings about that. But I, I, again, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I think one of the, and it was funny, I had a conversation with a mindset coach earlier today talking about, you know, what, what, are, what's the importance? What can you instill in practice, uh, in training? Um, what, what are some of the most important things that you can instill in an athlete? Um, and it's, it's, it's training, right? You're, you're, you're training your weaknesses. Yes. But you're training yourself to be able to then trust yourself in competition. Like you've got to be able to get to that point where you trust that you're talking about going to the dark place. Well, if you don't train it, then you'll never trust it in a competition. And it's yeah. so hard to go to that place on a daily basis. And maybe you don't go there on a daily basis, but maybe two days out of the week when you're feeling pretty good, you're like, fuck it. I'm going for it. You know what I mean? I'm going to go to that place. And if you fail, you fail, but you know what? But the time that you succeed is going to be such a huge mental win for you. And it's going to allow you now to be able to kind of go to that place again and again and trust it. And then in the biggest spots under the most stress, you're then going to be able to do it. And that's when you're going to start to have those breakthroughs. So that that's great for me to hear that, that like, that's what you want to do. And because I think it's essential for an athlete to get to that point if they really want to achieve, you know, all the things they want to achieve. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we all 
as athletes get so afraid of failure, so afraid of what happens if I don't succeed at this, right? Training is the perfect time to do that, right? Fail over and over, try the things, try a different strategy. You know, Ali's notorious for coming up to us before every workout and being like, how should I do this? How should I approach this? How should I break? She's been doing this for 10 years. Like, I'm like, Ali, you know how to do this better than I know how you should do this, right? But sometimes it's, you know, it's just giving yourself permission to do something different and being okay with the fact that it might not go well coming out super hot in a workout because you know you struggle with going to a dark place and if you blow up a little bit you blow up but you spend some time there and you learn something about it it's kicking up after three two one instead of waiting for 10 it's doing a tote bar after without chalking instead of grabbing the chalk like you want to it's you know making 15 or 20 pound jumps on snatch instead of five pound jumps like are comfortable for you like all of these things that you don't want competition to be the first time you experience it because you're not going to have the confidence in it. You're going to be more scared. And then if you do fail, it's going to have a compounding effect on how you feel about yourself or how you feel about the performance. Whereas if you do in the gym, like, so what you learn from it, your buddies saw it. That's about it. Nothing else changed. Speaking of chalking that I, I felt like that was a major win for Alex this weekend with uh, <laughs> the lack of chalking during, uh, yeah. during the chest of our toe bar event. For sure. Yeah. That was really, really good. I was very impressed. I, all, all the little things, all the little ways. <laughs> it's wins. true. It saves time. Well, it's, it's, it's a crutch. You know? This is like, this is one of the things that I do the most. I think of competitions outside of looking at our own athletes is like, I'm always looking at whoever was the best on a certain workout or best on a certain movement. It's like, what were they doing or how much better than everybody else were they? Like I looked at Tudor on the handstand walks. Oh, like, well, he I is mean, now, that's just ridiculous. Right. But like, he's now the gold standard. So it's in the past. It's like, okay, like, can we do these sections on broken? What's a comfortable pace? Now it's like, oh no. Like if you want to really be elite at this, like Jeez. here's the gold standard. This is what you have to be able to do. That was no different than, you know, benchmarks that people set up for lifts. Like now we know like, all right, 325, 225. Those are the weights that are going to win snatch workouts. It's, um, you know, how many ring muscle ups can somebody do within a minute within a three and a half minute window with, you know, whatever these things happen to be, it's looking and saying like, okay, we're evaluating our athletes, but I'm also evaluating the field and saying like, cool, you saw what they did. That's what we're working towards. So every day you go into training, it's like, we're not getting comfortable with where you're at. Even if you feel pretty good at something, because there's always something to learn. I just had this conversation with Carson today, who's, you know, one of our younger athletes, she's phenomenal in her hands, but I just show her videos of, you know, Tudor videos of Danielle, things like that. And it's like, that's what handstand looking, walking looks like if you want to win this event. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's also another great plug for watching videos, you know, going back and watching competition, seeing what the best at specific movements, what, what's the gold standard? What do they do? How fast does somebody move through a set of 30 GHD sit-ups? How fast does somebody move through a set of 20 ring muscle-ups? How fast does somebody move? And I think getting to that point, like the sport now is so competitive that you, you can't, you can't just blindly go to the gym and train yourself. You have to educate yourself on what other people doing. And I think that's another thing that Frazier did back in the day mm -hmm. was really kind of break down what other athletes do really, really well, and then train himself to try to do those things better than the best. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's important for all of us to really understand, you know, what, what, are, what, what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be really good at something and a specific movement? And obviously, yeah, like you said, we saw that this weekend with several things with snatch. Yeah. We saw that with, with, uh, 
you know, row in that, in that second workout, her ability to be able to, to cycle and to be able to, you know, do burpees really quickly. Yes. She almost hit the wall, but so what? She still won the workout. Right. <laughs> Who cares? Um, yeah. you know, right. Exactly. And, and, and you saw, you saw, you know, some pretty amazing performances, but great things to be able to take and to apply mm-hmm. to your own training. For sure. Even stuff like, you know, in that last workout, the chipper, I spent time behind the rowers on the back half to see like, okay, at the end of a 16, 18 minute workout, what are these girls still able to row? What are these guys still able to row? Because I want to know what we should, what we can expect of our athletes, what we should be expecting, because those are the things we get to. And I think that if you don't have those barometers, then you don't have the belief that it's possible because when it hurts, you're like, no, the best I can do is row at, at 900. But if you tell you like, no, there were three girls in this event that were rowing 1100 in the back 40 cows. Like now you believe, now you try, now you're willing to take that chance. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I love it. What do you got? You got anything else, Justin? I think we we beat Zillow's games to death. I think we've got you know exciting got some things very, coming up. Very serious questions to ask oh, these these ladies. Let's do it. Extremely serious questions. Um, my my first question being, um, cake or pie? Cake, cake with ice cream on top. Well, yeah. I was gonna say what kind of cake because this makes a huge difference. Chocolate molten lava cake. Strange. Chocolate molten lava cake. Well, no, just put it this way. Your favorite cake versus your favorite pie. Would you choose yeah, cake. cake or pie? Okay. Cake. Really? I'm a pie guy. 100%. Definitely. What pie. kind of pie? Uh, p- pumpkin or key lime? One of the two. Pumpkin is literally my least favorite. <laughs> Have I had pumpkin pie from Costco? I don't know if I've ever had it from Costco. Like this big? Is it really yeah, good beautiful. though? Is it? I'll tell you what. My wife makes a kick-ass pumpkin pie, like ridiculously good. So you'll have to have I'll her make your like pumpkin pie. This yeah, good. Have- yeah. Are we Hopefully- doing a Friendsgiving? Hopefully, if she listens to this, we can name the next episode "Out of the Doghouse" because you just plugged her her pie yeah, in here. It's, a, it's absolutely incredible. All right, next question. Uh, favorite color? Blue. That was easy. Anything blue. I don't know if I have a favorite How color. How is that possible? How do you not have a favorite color? Know. That's an Alex thing. <laughs> Kiefer, what are you doing uh, over there? Sorry. <laughs> Kiefer, what's your favorite color? Oh, green. Black. Whoa. <laughs> what's, my favorite, what's my favorite thing to wear? Black. What's Black. my favorite color? It's kind of like a... I don't know, like a, almost like a military green, not quite a forest, a little bit more kind of like brown. <laughs> like olive? Yeah, sort of maybe an olive. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. That'll do. Green yeah. is my favorite as well. So there you go. Like um, all right. Uh, your favorite all time television show? Friends. Friends. Easy. Wow. Friends oh, and friends. Man. I don't yours, know. If I yours too, Kiefer. Come on. I don't know. Oh, just throw I'm so something bad out there. These. I don't think I've ever been able to give somebody an answer for what my favorite movie is. That's ridiculous. Listen, I follow a Libra meme account. And one of the things it says is like unable to like pick things or make choices. And so you're all just going to have to accept it. Fair What's enough. your favorite so show, Justin? Everybody else make a choice. 100%. 100%. Uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I've heard good things. I haven't I watched that. it though. Oh my gosh, you are kind so of like good. a you're like a poor man's Walter White. I'll tell you a what, poor show's man's not Walter my White. Wow. Well, I guess so, right? He he did become the uh, he did become a the mogul of a of a of a uh, of a drug company, or a, or you know, like the greatest meth creator of all time. So there you go, right? Um, yeah, if you get a chance, Alex, Breaking Bad's incredible. 
It's it a, is. It's a great. Once you're done with, uh, once you're done with, <laughs> what are you watching? Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh House of Dragons. You know oh, what? Man. I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I did watch the final season. So now I don't even know if I can go back. Don't. It's. It'll just make you upset. It's a great show. That was a really it's good show. It's so bad. It's such a bad show. It just, okay. It's upsetting. I've got one more question. Good. Then we can feed Billy so she stops whining. Okay. One more question. If you were not a professional CrossFit athlete, what other sport would you want to do for a living? Basketball. Mm. I never did gymnastics, but I'd love to be a gymnast. I think it's sick, but I never did it as a kid. So probably gymnastics. Nobody okay. wants to know my answer, but mine is golf. 100%. 100%. Really? Oh, yeah. I love that lifestyle. Okay. Do you say so? I feel like I would be like uh, like a Dustin, jo- Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, like living in Florida on the water, got my, got my boat, drinking some beers you'd during be part practice of the, rounds. You'd be part of the live tour right now, too? Oh, like if they paid me enough, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I know, for real. <laughs> All right. I, I hear you. I'd want to be uh, a quarterback of an NFL squad. Yeah. I'd like hmm. to be a yeah, QB. You can have a long career as a QB. Don't get hit quite as much. But I just feel like that's like the most important position in the most influential sport in the world at the moment. Well, in the United um, States. All right. Let's say, not so, go crazy. Soccer soccer for that. Uh, not anyway. in the U.S. It's not. But yeah. Anyway, that's what I would want to do. All right. Cool. Just right, friends. throw out a couple of those, you know, non-CrossFit questions. Well, I mean, I feel like we dug deep. We got into some mindset stuff. I think Kyra almost cried a little bit. When she we started did a little bit. She teared up. I this saw is it. good. We're, we're breaking down walls. <laughs> a little bit. I cry easily. Look, it's happening again. It's very true. She does. This is true. Sometimes I can't tell I'm if it's, she's actually crying or whether she's got something in her eye or maybe, you know, <laughs> allergies. She just had to do heavy wall balls or whatever it could be. It's true. Um, Easy. Well, hey, thank you both so much for coming on. This is a blast. I enjoy doing this. We'll have to uh, get the two of you on again. Once I beat Alex, I would love to tell you all about it. Oh, wow. I love it. Oh, whoa. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. Maybe we should start doing, Justin, we should start doing like uh, throwdown days where we intentionally pair up two athletes once a week and we do like challenge days. Yeah. Challenge. Perfect for it. Challenge. Honestly, I think that that could be a way to, you know, build in a little bit of competition. We put something on the line, just the two at a time. Maybe we do it live on Instagram so that all of our followers see it and the rest of the crew just watches. And we just um, have to do it out. Remember how I said I don't like people watching me. Yeah. This is, so we do it in training. So if you fail, you, you fail soft and we pick you up the and we keep going. The world sees it. Oh, man. All right. I like it. It's, it's out there. It's idea. in the world. It is. Um, well, I will see you two in the gym tomorrow. Justin probably won't because he's still sick. Uh, thank you both again. This was awesome. Justin, as always, a pleasure to hear your sultry voice. I tried, guys. Thank you. I love you guys. Love you. Love you guys. All right. Bye. Bye, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show and please leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at underdogsathletics or visit our website, underdogsathletics.com. <laughs>